everyone. Welcome to Pop Culture Period Peace Podcast. I'm Laura. I'm Julie. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about a pop culture period piece, give it our scientific rating, and then um, we're going to just chit chat and be friends or not. You'll see drama. Uh, so, Julie, first off, recommendations. Okay, yes. Um... <laughs> What's happening My... over there? <laughs> Well, okay. So first we started recording and I realized I hadn't shut the door to the booth uh, yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, oh shoot, I got to mute it and close the door. But then I had to unmute it to say my name. And so just, we're already starting out like oh fantastic. My gosh. It's going to be great. Um, here's like a little like weird, like here's my life advice recommendation. Oh shit. I like to alternate between like things I'm consuming and uh-huh. things that make my life better. Uh-huh. Um, we had a tendency to not have like a home for things uh-huh so like things just like live on counters and tables uh-huh. and the other day i was like i'm gonna find where i'm just gonna decide where each of these things fucking belong and uh-huh. i did and then the next step is making sure mike knows that because what i noticed is i was so proud of myself i found a spot for everything i did not communicate to him so as things got pulled out they all just went back on the counters and the tables and i was like ah! uh, no oh yeah um my recommendation speaking of consuming is i finally bought an air fryer i did it it happened um i was a little scared the first time i turned it on julie will tell you that because i was like how much noise is this (laughs) a lot (laughs) yeah um you know when you live by yourself and a and an appliance makes a ton of noise and you just remember that this is us episode you just get a little like panicked so um but i bought one i've been making you know chicken in it and like little crispy green beans and broccoli and stuff like that and it's really nice um so yeah i wish i wish there was more to it but i recommend it i know everyone if you're our age is recommending an air fryer too and i was like i don't get what what you just can't cook it but like yeah it's great especially for like like part of the meal I think I'll also say this like I think some people get get on like appliance cooker situations uh-huh um and like I don't want to turn on the oven to make a thing yeah I don't I live in Florida yeah my kitchen does not have the best like air circulation mm-hmm. I just oh yeah well like and my um for me, because it's just me, it's like, I don't want to turn on the oven to make 10 French fries, <laughs> you know, or like, mm-hmm. but, you know, like, or, or one chicken breast, like it just doesn't for when I'm baking a cake or cookies. Yeah, it totally makes sense. But for like one blank, it doesn't. And so you either try to go into like this meal prep mode, which like works for some people. It does not for me. I need to make what I'm going to eat right before I eat it. Um, and Hey Val. Hey Al. Welcome to the Deep Commentaries trailer. Welcome to you and welcome to all our potential listeners. We're just two pals re-watching, reviewing, and reliving in the glory days of all Disney Channel original movies. Join us every other Tuesday for games, laughs, and chats about all of the hot dads. Looking forward to having you join us for Deep Commentaries, as well as all of the other podcasts here on the Trident Network. Find us wherever you pod. <laughs> yeah. So uh, today we are talking about um, it, the most recent it, not 
it chapter two but the it that came out in 2017 um why because it took julie and i a long time to figure out which one we were doing i was like oh it and she's like oh the old one and i was like yeah the old one and i was thinking like not chapter two but the old one is in like when they were kids and julie was thinking about the one with tim curry and then i was like oh no not the old old one anyway it 2017 the first movie of the new installments when they're kids um and the story of it if you've not seen it um and i highly recommend you do um is a group of outcasts and um preteens i would call them uh have to their kids going missing throughout their town and they find out that it's through this psycho killer clown from outer space who um comes back like tries to terrorize them as their worst fears wait did you say outer space yeah that's part of it wait i totally missed the part that he's an alien oh that's i think that's more in the book i don't think they outright say it oh in this movie yeah um which also the amount of like confusion I had for a very long time between the Tim Curry movie and killer clouds from outer space as a kid was like, anyway. Um, but they have to defeat him and then they make a pact that if he ever comes back, they come back. So that's why there's a second installment of when they're adults. 27 years later, 27 years later. Um, so I want to start by saying that like, this um (laughs) i watched this movie but i also one of my favorite things and i've recommended them before is called cinema therapy it's on youtube and they take movies and they talk about them through like not only a filmmaking perspective but a therapy perspective and this is one of their episodes and they Mm. deal a lot with like trauma especially childhood trauma and so i'm going to i'm going to be leaning a lot on that when i talk about it and because the movie deals a lot with childhood trauma, bullying, and sexual assault that I, if that is something and physical abuse that you are um, not wanting to deal with today, tomorrow, or whenever, uh, please feel free to skip this episode. So just want to throw that out there. So Julie, Mm -hmm. what up? What do you think about the movie? Um, so I want to, I do want to share a story about the original it yeah first um only because this is a movie that like this and Candyman are two movies that I distinctly remember I should not have watched when I did when I was younger and like Mm -hmm. really severely impacted me yeah um and I remember this one in particular because I wasn't allowed to watch it I was aware that I wasn't allowed to watch it and my brother who was older than me he watched it and i remember the way like our house was there was like the stairs uh-huh and the it was like one room and the stairs faced like the couch yeah but my parents had one of those like you know mirrors in, in that era no it was it oh. was it was art but like it was like how like it's like just like a print and oh, then there's okay. like glass over it so it becomes a mirror uh-huh so that's how I watched. I'm like on this. So nobody knew that I had seen it. And I was like terrified and internalizing all of these nightmares. Um, so I actually like when I watched this the first time went mm-hmm. into this, like already like, Oh God, Pennywise. Oh God, Pennywise. Yeah. Um, and gosh, Bill Skarsgård. Oh yeah. So terrifying in this. He's so, he's so good. Mm-hmm. And the like, the kids are so good 
And I was thinking about it. It's like an ensemble of six kids. Yeah. And there's not a, there's not a slacker. Yeah. I feel like that's also rare. Like I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit surprised and I think probably cause it's like a Stephen King film, yeah. but I feel like if this was just like another script for something not as well known, like I can absolutely see someone in a room being like, you got to cut it down from six kids. Like we have to yeah. have three or four. This is too much money. Yeah. And like, yeah. And none of these, I would be fascinated. This is one of the few movies that I'm like, I want to watch what the director does every single take. Like, mm -hmm. I want to know how the, <laughs> I'm directing Wizard of Oz at elementary school. So please do not, like, <laughs> it's not the same level, but how he gets this, per these performances out of these young mm -hmm. children. Now, all of these children have also done other work, like ones in Stranger Things, ones in Shazam. Like they're, it's not like they're new to the biz. Um, but to get this amount of honesty and mm -hmm. like terror, but also to make sure that the kids are psychologically safe, which I could see like if this, you know, was filmed 20 years ago, um, and I'd, I've never seen the original film, but like I could see back in the golden era of like child actors being mistreated, like them not even giving a damn about their psychological safety. But I feel like there was a lot of that on the set and just really seeing the behind the scenes of how the director worked with these kids. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, you know me. I was deep in the trivia. Um, and it was there was a lot of just really great trivia about both the care that Skarsgård as well as the director took to sort of like have that balance between like these kids feeling safe on set with this mm -hmm. scary clown but also um getting the best performance out of them but I did also read a trivia about I can't remember which kid it was but like one of the kids like being like terrified and then the scene ends and like he just like says to Billy he's like wow you're really good at this but I love your character choice <laughs> <laughs> so like not to take away from the fact that like yes they they were all kids and underage when they they shot this but damn they're professionals themselves yeah yeah well I think especially the the storyline that gives me the most concern is like Bev is probably the one that gives me the yeah. most concern and she's also one of I think she's one of the older ones of mm -hmm. the kids. So there's that. But like she um, has some very dark scenes and the other ones are the other ones are dark, but the parents are not. I felt like the choreography between the kids and the parents, they were never close and never touched um, like if they did it wasn't during a darker scene like when you have um like eddie and his mom whenever she's like well make sure you come back or you know they're always like apart from each other the one time you really see her touching him is when he's she's like grabbing him out of the house after his arm broke mm -hmm. but bev and her father have a fight scene and they have like a lot of touching moments and that's where it just, it just takes it to a different level, especially in that storyline, but with like, there's actual connection. Mm -hmm. Like you can't mm -hmm. film those two actors separately. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I also, and, and this is a thing, like I haven't read any of Stephen King's mm -hmm. novels actually, 
Um, but I love that like he almost has like his own extended universe in that like he sets all of his no- novels like in the same area and Maine and stuff. Mhm. Except for The Shining, but I think that character comes oh what I just read it. But like they're not originally from mm. that hotel. They come in from that. Yeah. I um I've read a few. I've read The Shining and Dr. Sleep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did I read Dr. Sleep because Ewan McGregor is in the movie and I was like, oh, I should read the book before the movie. Yes. And then did I read The Shining just because I read Dr. Sleep because Ewan McGregor was in the movie? Yes. Don't. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> sometimes you need Ewan McGregor to make you do things. Um, but yeah, those are the two. That I tried to read The Stand and it's, um, I think... St- Stephen King is great at world building in the way like George R. R. Martin mm-hmm. is, um, and Tolkien is, and you know. But I get, I am like, no, let's just get to plot, which I know for those are two different type of readers. Mm-hmm. So, I'm I'm laughing at myself because we were on a plane recently, and. Because uh, we had gone up to Boston for family, and um, Mike's mom has like a, a shelf where she's like, "Oh, I read all these books. If you want to take one home, you can take it home." Yeah, so I was like, "Oh, where the crawdads sing?" I've been curious about this one, uh-huh. so I got the book. I read like the first chapter, but then I got on the plane, and the movie was showing, and I was like, "Oh, I mean, I can't watch the movie right now unless I pay for it." But so here's an opportunity to watch it for free but do i break my rule and watch the movie first yeah i watched the movie first (laughs) i is it a period piece because i would love for us to i haven't watched it yet but like uh yes okay yes well okay we'll talk later because i feel like that's something that i also i've been given that book and i could watch the movie and there's just something stopping me so i would like to but i want to know what's stopping me so i feel like okay this is such a tangent but this is how we work things out i feel like this movie would pair well (laughs) with uh fried green tomatoes which as i say that out loud i'm like how have we not done that movie yet oh yeah holy shit yeah what Uh (laughs) what have we been doing (laughs) um okay all right uh, we'll yeah, talk. Yeah, so yeah. I really like the thing about it uh, that I really enjoyed was it's one of the few movies set in the 80s that kind of showed how brown everything in the 80s was <laughs> like the amount of like smoke and wood and like because people I don't know there's a lot of stuff set in that like Stranger Things love it but it shows like a very like popped up version of the 80s. And like the eighties to the like late nineties were so brown because you could smoke everywhere and everyone did. And everyone had like, if you, like I was, I didn't live in a smoking household, but we had two ashtrays on our porch for when people came over to like, if they wanted to smoke, you know, like everyone did. Um, And so I felt like, yeah, it just did a really good job. Like that's the era of brown food. Oh like, yes. Like the the Salisbury steak, like everything mm. was just sort of like vaguely the same color. Like I yes. remember there was like one like my mom puts it in the oven and the whole thing makes meals. 
And yes. it was like Salisbury steak with gravy, mashed potatoes, and green beans. And somehow it was like all vaguely the same color. Yes. Oh my gosh. I remember that meal. Mm-hmm. It was like Stouffer's maybe. Yeah. Nothing comes closer to home. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm the people they write jingles for. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm the demographic that's like, yeah. Okay, jingle person. Do you remember there used to be a gold? You call me jingle person all the time. Yes. Okay. This is your new name. Okay. Do you remember there used to be a jingle for goldfish crackers, cookies, whatever they are, snack bites? Okay. Where it was called, it was like they would sing the snack that smiles back until you bite their head off. Um, I remember, I remember snack that smiles back. Yeah, they cut the until you bite their head off. But that was 100% the jingle for for a brief time. I remember, listeners, this might be the heaviest debate. We need we need you to <laughs> weigh in. No, Laura, um, you can still find it on YouTube. I'm telling yeah. you. This existed. Well, I remember the snack that smiles back. And then I remember the music going like, but it like continuing. But then they then you hear the chomp chomp of the head. So I'm I'm sure that that was just, that was the progression. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Like somebody saw, like, I don't know how it got approved the first time, but like somebody somewhere was like, wait a minute. Do you have, did you have Quiznos subs in your? No, I didn't okay. have Quiznos until I moved to Florida. Okay. There was a Quiznos subs commercial that had the worst jingle in the history of the world. It was, <laughs> and it was these like little, it was very 2002. It was like mm-hmm. the, very like, um, was it albino black sheep? Was the like YouTube, the internet channel? albino black think so anyway um but it was like that era of of filmmaking but it was these hamsters with like human mouths and eyes playing guitar mm-hmm. it was horrendous i'll send it to you um anyway another thing i liked about it <laughs> i love how the more serious the movie is the more like hocus pocus 2 we were like on track <laughs> but the more serious the movie is we're like boop, boop, boop. Yeah, we're, 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 we're uncomfortable with digging into serious matters um but one of the things that cinema therapy talks about a lot is about how this movie not only deals with childhood trauma but about healing and oh. that um the therapist on that says that um if it was just violence towards children he would not watch it because it very clearly can become that especially the first scene with georgie is very violent mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's the fact that it's these kids facing these traumas that they deal with in real life and finding each other and healing from that. And like, even though you go through major trauma, one of the main thing of healing is finding a community, finding a community of people that either went through the same thing or that they're there to hear and listen. And that's how we heal is finding connection. And that is what he got out of the movie itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Julie, if it, so it's like your biggest fear, right? Um, if it came for you when you were a kid, so not now, his mind would be like not being able to pay my mortgage or something silly, but like oh, if it fire. Came, fire, fire still, or was that like when you were a kid? When I was a kid, I was, I, I lived in a row home. So all the the houses were connected and I was in Philadelphia and I remember like, um, where was it? They bombed the Philly police, like bombed an entire block once. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I rem- like uh, I remember seeing pictures of that. And like at the time, I didn't understand like the intricacies of like what had happened. All yeah. I knew was that like this block burned down. Yeah. Um, so I was terrified of a house on my street catching on fire and every other house following. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mine would be, actually it hasn't changed as a kid. This is still my biggest fear is, um, bridge bridges collapsing, which happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, yeah. You can't get to Sanibel Island right now in Florida. Yeah. And you can't, there was one that collapsed in Pittsburgh, um, like three or four months ago where they had to lift a bus out of it on a crane. <sighs> Um, but a bridge collapsing over, it's a very specific fear, but if you live in Pittsburgh or Florida, it, I keep going to places where this is a possibility, but a bridge collapsing over water and not being able to get out of my car. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I have, um, a car with crank windows. I bought it especially because of that. Um, and when I don't have crank windows, I, I also have the little device Velcroed into my glove compartment that you can cut the seatbelt off with and then smash the window. Cause there's something about like the drop mixed with drowning that I just can't like, I, I no, thank you. So, so both weirdly, are legitimate fears. <laughs> no, they are. And weirdly, I just had this conversation with someone where they were like, Hey, just so you know, you can use the back of the headrest to crash open a window. Because I, I was actually yeah. some for some reason talking about that. And I was like, oh, I need to get one of those devices. But now I'm like, oh, shit. I need to get one of those things that cuts a seatbelt. Well, they're the same thing. They're like a little, they're usually like $11. And then they have a hammer on both sides. And then in the like hammer uh, body, if you will, there's a <laughs> razor blade. So it just like, yeah. so you're not going to touch it with your hands or anything. But the moment you like, put the seatbelt in it, it cuts it. Um, yeah. And that's, I've, every time I bought a new car, I've asked for a new one. Cause it's just, it's, yeah, it's a thing, like it's a thing that can happen and has happened and will happen unfortunately again. And, um, and being in a row home where it catches on fire is legitimate as well, which I think is interesting because like all these kids, everything they are facing is legitimate to them. Like the fact that like Eddie, Mm -hmm. it comes to him as this like leprous, vomiting, sick, diseased monster. Cause that's what he's told is the scariest thing in the world, you know? And um, yeah. All right, Julie, are you ready to rate this movie? Anything else you want to say before I? No. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Um, (laughs) so, uh, this one's not very inventive, but tis classic. One through ten, red balloons about to pop. What would you rate this movie? Honestly, I'm gonna give this a ten out of ten. Like this is, in my opinion, a mm-hmm. solid horror film. Um, mm-hmm. All of the performances stand on their own mm-hmm. without the special effects. But in terms of like the direction and like, I just think all the elements were here in this one. There wasn't like something that I was like, oh, okay, well, that could have been better. Yeah. Um, and these, gosh, these kids are great. Yeah. 
I agreed. Same. Whoa. I promise. Yeah. Like, no, it's, it's, I mean, re, I was like, oh, it's good. And then rewatching it, I was like, the costuming's there, the lighting, the sound, all of the special effects. There's not one special effect where I'm like, oh, well, they definitely cheaped out on that one. Like, and the kids are all amazing. The parents are all amazing. I feel like they couldn't have cut anything else without cutting down a storyline. Like they were just like the editing's great. Like everything about it. Um, speaking of costuming, I read such a cool article about like the Pennywise the clown costume. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of like how the costume designer, you know, pulled in pulled in elements from the book to make sure mm-hmm. it was accurate to the book, but also like intentionally used elements of like quote unquote like clown attire from mm-hmm. different eras to show how sort of like timeless and how how long pennywise had kind of been around and how yeah. long pennywise would be around type of thing and i just thought that was so neat that is cool do you know that like every clown has to register their look and they can't copy another clown and there's a museum where like once you register your look they paint it on an egg and there's a museum with all the eggs but that museum is now for sale oh my gosh yeah that's an article i randomly read and i was like is this my calling in life buying this clown egg museum (laughs) this is fascinating yeah well and then they kept showing pictures of and you and I know very specific clowns in our lives and that's not a joke that's like (laughs) we genuinely do and I was like looking for their clown and being like oh where where is Uh so-and-so's clown not to mention names but you know yeah um yeah anyway Julie what do you have to look forward to um Mike and I are going on a trip next week. And, Where are you going? Um, we are going, my friend Garrett, or our friend actually. Oh, I know what um, you're saying. Go. Yeah, he's he's leading his first yoga retreat. And I I, <laughs> I, I feel like it like it sounds like I'm like a yoga person. Um I no, I'm not. I just love supporting friends and this opportunity came up at a time when I felt financially stable and that was when I paid for it. Uh, <laughs> oh, how the times have turned. For right. Us. Uh, and so this is just a little bit of like the, the big bang. Um, but it's, I'm really looking forward to that reset. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting. Like I more often now in the last few years, like when I do get to travel for me, it's like a reset unplug get mm-hmm. back on track um because i get a little too caught up with like the stress of like professional life yeah uh speaking about the stress of professional life um i start a new job next week like not next week but like the week after um uh-huh. do you have any sort of break from your old job not that your old job is terrible and you need like no break, but i don't but i'm also not like september was crazy for me like i was I caught, first off, I got Lyme's disease, which is like a fun little wrench in there. And then I was costuming and marketing a show. And then I was directing a show. And then I had someone living in my house that was like, I ran out of room for uh, the local theater, but like the playwright was living with me. And then like September just went like whoosh. And then, so October's pretty chill, which is wonderful. So I'm really like, like today taking, my friend and I are going to a Christmas market in the woods. um, And like, really just like and last night I went to a bonfire so I'm taking I'm making myself not 
only do one job I say as I'm recording this podcast but you know I, I yeah, yeah. this isn't as like a job as like costuming and directing or whatever but only taking one job and for like me and you only doing one job is a break like oh I just yeah. have my full-time job that's great um mm-hmm. <laughs> so True. yeah yeah so I'm I'm just really like and I'm not I'm trying not to do anything at night like really come home and enjoy my house play my video game uh I'm rewriting my play so that's like a whole thing so I'm I'm trying to mentally take a break where I can so it's not yeah. gonna I'm not rushing into the next job but I'm gonna just tr- slowly transition into there so yeah anyway thanks for listening listeners um I <laughs> I want us to eventually make a bingo card for people to use of like important topic <laughs> veer off track <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah and like evolve from take a shot when we mention our age because you'll just you'll all be drunk by then and we don't we don't want anyone to get sick so <laughs> let's do a bingo card um of all the things we do but anyway thanks for listening listeners uh buy some merch like review subscribe it just um especially if you like certain episodes and review certain episodes it lets us know what you want to hear mm-hmm. i know it also yes it does help with the algorithm but if we know like hey this is the type of content you want we're really trying to adjust based on based on listens um so we're trying to do more I don't know if you could tell we're, we're slowly shifting back into more nostalgia millennial stuff because those seem to be what um what you enjoy listening to but if you have anything that you want to listen to or if there's like like review subscribe and it just helps us know um so we can give you the best show possible um because we we just really like pleasing people let's just be honest about it um anyway that was a long tangent uh because it, this was an important topic and i'm Anyway, (laughs) the Pop Culture Period Peace Podcast is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com.